0: Hello and welcome to Emotional Support Witch, a podcast
1: about learning,
0: healing, connection and all things witchcraft.
1: My name's Steph. And I'm Yella. And welcome to the episode today. Um, Join us on our chat um, as we go through what we ended on last week. It was the Nine of Swords, right? It was the Nine of Swords. And I said last week, and as I said that, It was actually a long time ago, wasn't it? (laughs) It was, I think, two months ago.
0: Yes. (laughs) Um, We had a little phase of not being together, where we both went on our own adventures. And now we're being reunited with our
1: fourth podcast episode. Very excited to be back. Um, And I think we both had a nice time away interesting time away it's always interesting isn't it going from being together and then having time apart and then coming back I think you're always a little bit different afterwards
0: definitely and I think breaking out of your routine because we've been talking about routines a lot in the first three episodes I feel like and like rituals and stuff that we set in place for ourselves to feel better and like being away from that can be exciting and scary at the same time I think and I think that's that's what I felt at least. It was it was a nice change of pace, but it was also good to come back to kind of reinstate all those rituals that I know make me feel better.
1: It was interesting because we talked about rituals and a lot of those things are things that you put in place in your day-to-day life or we try to. So when you're suddenly not in your day-to-day life because you're on holiday and you're in a different place and you're with different people and you don't have those everyday sort of routines, it is quite different isn't it to see yourself and how do you cope or have you put things in place that you don't need to be at home for and how is it different how is it the same it is just I want to stop saying interesting (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it was interesting it was a challenge Mm -hmm. as well I
0: think I did um, actually do more meditation than I do at home Mm. Um, I think it had to do with being more in nature not being in a city because it kind of just invited me to sit down and breathe and just look out and close my eyes eventually and not think about anything but my breathing and like the fresh air around me um but also other times I was just so busy that I couldn't really do anything Mm -hmm. that I normally do. So it was both.
1: No, mine was definitely just had no routine, was with people a lot um, and really had to make space for myself in a completely different environment to be able to still journal because I know that that really helps me or just take time to myself, which is hard when you're with a lot of people or you're on holiday or you're doing different activities. But it just really did remind me how important it was to to do and what a good job I was doing at home in having nice routines in doing things for myself um, and how much that helped. It really made me very grateful for that and look forward to you know being back and being able to get into those routines again. But it was so nice to have a break as well. It definitely was nice. That all being said, we did have time to do some research.
0: We did. And we did find a lot of interesting things which we're really excited to talk about.
1: The card we pulled at the end of the last episode was the Nine of Swords. Um, And for a little reminder, some of the words that came up that we've kind of been reflecting on over the last few weeks were power of the mind, the third eye, good faith, integrity, busy mind, suspicion, fear, despair, shame, misery, anxiety regarding loved ones, hermit, meditation, sanctuary, and ritual. So quite a lot that we've even just spoken about now, isn't it? Um, That's come up. But I think specifically when I was doing more research into the Nine of Swords, generally into other decks and into the history of it and stuff like that, it is quite a heavy sort of anxiety-based one. Interesting. Mm. And I know that was what stuck out to us last time as well, was that the anxiety and the more internal struggles, um, and I think that's what we've both been reflecting on being apart as well. A lot of it was about worries and fears, and stress and anxiety and negative thoughts and overwhelm. And actually, the the illustration on the classic someone skateboarding outside. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear that. Um, yeah. So the illustration on the classic deck of cards was this woman lying in bed, kind of. St- almost sat up in bed and these heavy nine swords hung above her bed as if like the heavy worrying thoughts above, you know, that were keeping her up. And a lot of it was to do with insomnia and just lying awake, ruminating and going over these these thoughts again and again. Um, And it was quite a dark image of this woman not being able to sleep. And I thought that was quite a good representation of anxiety. That's a very powerful
0: picture and I do think a lot of people with anxiety can relate to that, that kind of like, I mean, insomnia is a part that a lot of people with anxiety struggle with, but also just that everlasting threat that's hanging over you day in day out um it reminds me of a story actually that i used to um learn or that i did learn in secondary school um the story of damocles i don't know if that says anything to you
1: no i don't recognize Um, it
0: so it's that story about this guy um damocles who was really in awe of the king um at the time and he was just saying how great of a king he was and how grateful he would be to take his place and like how he was envying him so the king who was not actually a very nice king when you look into him he did a lot of bad things so that king said okay you can take my place for a day and he set him on his table and gave him all his food and drink and his women but he also hung up um, a sword above his head on like just a horse hair to kind of show him the threat and the anxiety he was dealing with every day of being a king that something could happen to him something could happen to his people like something could happen at all time and the fact that he has all this power also means that he has way more fear and way more to worry about um which i think is a nice allegory to to today time today's time where we do have a lot of power over our own lives. Um, maybe more than we used to have, more than our ancestors used to have. We have so many choices that we need to make in everyday life. And I do think for a lot of people that is overwhelming and that ends up in having really bad anxiety.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, that's a really nice picture. Kind of that heaviness of having something dangling above you that could kind of fall at any time feels very (laughs) poignant to what it feels like when you're really really anxious and you just feel like constantly on edge like constantly like you have this heavy sort of burden that um is maybe stopping you from enjoying the feast or enjoying whatever's in front of you because you kind of you're not fully there because there's this thing hanging over you making you really worried all the time isn't it
0: yeah that's a that's a Quite a good description of anxiety, I feel like. Maybe um, because this is an important topic and we do we do want to talk about this, but the best we can talk about it, I guess, is from our own perspective. And we do both have our history or, and present um, with anxiety. Um, so maybe we can share a little bit what it is for us, what it feels like for us.
1: Yeah, definitely, because obviously we're not doctors. There's lots of information out there about anxiety. And we are just kind of talking from our own experience. I think we probably both would have described ourselves as quite anxious people um, and have similar but different stories with anxiety, I think. So I think that would be a nice way to start, kind of set the scene of where we're both coming from when we talk about this.
0: Yes. And what is actually very interesting, I was reading the um, NHS definition of anxiety disorder and the first thing it says is that anxiety is actually a very normal thing to have and that everyone has anxiety in their lives at some point like when it comes to having to take a test or going to a job interview or something really important is coming up you know that like the feeling of anxiety is actually a very common one but that then anxiety disorder is when you kind of cannot stop when you cannot stop the thoughts and we cannot stop the anxiety. And when it, um, I think it says on the website, when it affects your everyday
1: life. I'd say, yeah, most people are anxious about things that happen sometimes and that is a normal response, but it's the thing that affects you every single day that stops you from maybe doing things that you want to do. It stops you from having fun or it stops you from enjoying something. And it's just those thoughts that just go on and on in circles and you're not able to break the thought loop yeah so how would anxiety how did it used to
0: um influence your everyday life
1: there was a point where I was having panic attacks quite regularly which is also not something to say or take lightly I think um and at that point I did contact the doctor and try and seek help but I mean the NHS um as a support system is maybe a rant for another day but at that point I was just having these thought loops that I couldn't get out of and it would kind of just, I would just freeze and I'd get in and then that would, you know, prolong the thought loop. Cause I'm like, well, now I'm frozen. Now I'm not doing anything. Now I need to be doing, you know, now I'm wasting time. Now, you know, I'm doing this to myself and I just like get stuck in these thought loops that would stop me from maybe enjoying time with my friends or doing the things that I needed to do. I was probably very capable of doing those things, but I just, doubted myself so much and would just like question everything and then when you question everything you don't really go and do something or you don't do anything at all and then you feel guilty for not doing anything and then you that was kind of my cycle I think of like doubting questioning myself feeling bad about that for myself and seeing how that was affecting my day to day and then just it just go round and round um I would Be interested
0: in hearing what a panic attack felt like for you, if you are happy to share that.
1: Yeah, mine would, it wasn't really like hyperventilating um, breathing. It was, I would go more into like a shutdown where like I almost physically couldn't move, where I would just be there like almost literally frozen or like someone would try and talk to me or say something to me and I could like kind of hear it, but not really respond. And it was almost like this, I would just freeze like I was just focused on like just being there because I couldn't do the things I needed to do. I couldn't talk to people. I couldn't explain how I felt because as soon as I I couldn't get any words out because my thoughts were just going so, so, so quickly that I couldn't I couldn't say a sentence because the thoughts were just avalanching through and I couldn't like grasp onto one to pull out to form a sentence if that makes sense it would just be these thoughts just tumbling through my head that would just make me really frozen and then I would often like need to hold something or like scratch something or like pinch something and that was often myself um so it was just this very internal frozen sort of state of thoughts stopping me from doing anything that sounds scary yeah it wasn't fun um and I don't know I guess for a long time I didn't associate them as a panic attack because it wasn't I wasn't doing all the things that you kind of think I know there are different types of panic attacks or anxiety attacks are different to panic attacks which is um maybe I'm not talking with very much nuance there but that was kind of my experience of um just not being able to function. Um, but so did you not
0: actually think it was panic attacks because literally all we know about panic attacks or we get told it's just like,
1: oh, it's hyperventilating. And yeah. that's like you need a, a bag to breathe into or, um, you know, that sort of thing. But it was just points of just not being able to function in that moment because you just feel so overwhelmed. But um, what about you? What was your experience? Um, I
0: didn't suffer from anxiety and panic attacks that much. I think I had maybe three or so in my life. It was kind of hyperventilating and it was, um my heart was racing and it was always uh, in big crowds or mm. with lots of people around where I felt like I literally couldn't breathe and I had to like go somewhere else, I had to like go outside. But that didn't happen very often. For me, it was more like I kind of thought, these thoughts were normal. Like I would always catastrophize like everything. I had to think about everything in the worst case scenario. Like I was always worried that something bad would happen to my family or my friends and that it would be my fault. So for example, if someone would pick me up from the airport, I would be so scared that they would crash the car on their way to the airport and it would be my fault that something happened to them. And I could always feel that when I was getting more anxious, those thoughts were like getting more and more like just present in my head all the time to where I would check the news about my parents' hometown to Mm. see if there was any car crashes that happened there, even if I wasn't there. So then it would go like, even if I wasn't there, even if, I had nothing to do with like how their day went i had to like check that nothing had happened um if i hadn't spoken to them in like a day um that was when it was at its worst i think when i was like just constantly looking out for these things um but yeah for a long time i just thought that was people are scared about losing their loved ones you know mm. and that's a completely normal feeling which it's really not um and I guess the feeling's normal but the thinking about it obsessively yeah the, the obsession you're right yeah. yeah being being scared that you your loved ones might be hurt as normal but like not to the amount that I was that's thinking the whole about thing with anxiety
1: it. isn't it like the actual feeling's normal the amount of time and maybe energy that you spend on it is where it starts to not be normal um yeah and then so it was like kind of this
0: like even compulsive um, thing of like checking the news or checking on people or like calling them or like just being like kind of also frozen to like an amount where when someone would be driving home or somewhere it was just kind of like until they were there and texted me that they were safe like I couldn't Mm. really function for that hour or whatever however long Um, and then it was, I think, um, my last year of university when I was really, really stressed and about like just a course, which was normal stress, I think. And then, um, it became, it came to a point where like, yeah, I couldn't do anything. I was, um, flying home or back to England from uh, my hometown. And I was just, I had a panic attack going on the plane because it was late, like literally just the fact that it was like an hour late. Mm was setting me off so much that I was like okay like I don't think this is normal and also I used to think oh but I can handle it you know it's fine I'm doing my thing I'm living by myself i pay my rent I go to uni like I can't it can't be that bad you know there's people that have it way worse and um but that was the point where it's like no this is not nice for anyone Mm. um the least for me so so I have to seek some help but yeah it takes a while it is better at uni didn't take as long um seeking for help at university it was a bit quicker than that i think it was still like two or three months um to get therapy but it wasn't like it didn't feel like with the NHS it sometimes feel like oh it's going to be next year yeah kind of thing which is really overwhelming when you're in the moment of it yeah, yeah when you're already feeling bad um So, yeah, I was lucky in that way that I was still at uni and I could, um, yeah, ask for help there. But obviously most people don't have that.
1: Mm. I mean, we're both very big into therapy, aren't we? Like we think everyone should be able to have access to it because it's so crucial um, in allowing people to be able to function in their day-to-day life, isn't it? Like sometimes you just can't do it by yourself, Um, and you need help and it's so important for people to be able to get help when they need it, because just the fact of asking for help or admitting that you need help, you know, I think that's a point we both had to get to of being like, wait, this isn't normal. And the thing of that anxiety does, it's like it makes you anxious for feeling anxious. Like that thing you said of like, I felt like everything was fine. Like it, there was no reason for me to be anxious. Other people had it worse. Like you're literally just being anxious about being anxious. That's what anxiety does, isn't it? Just makes you like question everything or um doubt yourself and um just be frozen and feel like yeah you're doing something wrong or yeah
0: yeah and the fact that in our society it's still seen as a weakness to ask for help um isn't like a helping factor I guess (laughs) either because it's so brave in my opinion to admit that you can't do something yourself and It's something that we don't do, not even just asking for therapy, but just in our everyday life, we're always, or a lot of us, I mean, some people do it better than others, but I feel like a lot of us are always too proud to ask for help because we think it's a weakness where I think it's actually brave to admit that you maybe can't do something as well. And maybe, you know, someone who can do it better or who could help you do it better. And it's totally
1: fine. We were never meant
0: to do everything by ourselves. That's not how humans function.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of that thing where it's scary admitting to yourself that like I'm actually not okay or able to handle this because for so long when I felt really anxious, it was like, well, come on, everyone else is doing fine. Like everyone else can do this seemingly easy thing. Why can't you do it? You know, and you're just like really hard on yourself. So it is a big scary thing to admit to yourself that Wait, I'm actually not doing very well. I can't cope with this by myself. And you have to admit that to yourself. And then you have to, it's an even scarier thing to externalize that and say that to someone else and be like, look, I'm really not doing well. Um, I think I need help. Like that's a big thing to say out loud to other people. And then the process of then talking to someone else, if you do manage to get through the process of going to therapy or something else, you know, it's not an easy it is really hard, isn't it? That journey of, of getting help. It is a
0: big journey. And I think that's why we always say that you should do it as soon as you can, like, or like really everyone should have therapy. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's not going to hurt you. Um, and there's so many different ways of having therapy and so many different things that could help you. But really, if you, let it go to a point where you feel like you can't function anymore. Or as the NHS website says, like when it affects your everyday life, it's almost not too late because it can always it's get better. It's just
1: harder, isn't it?
0: But it is so much harder because you'll have to wait. Mm-hmm. I think we'd always say now, um, and just because we did the mistake before of not asking mm-hmm. soon enough um, to ask as soon as you consider having therapy for anything, even if it's just like, oh, maybe I want to work through some things and I want someone to work through them with me.
1: Yeah, no, I think mental health support should be you know, it's not just an emergency crisis, which I think is what it is, especially in England, you only really get support if it's so bad that you need to get referred. And it's like, well, if we helped people before it got to that point, we would have more facilities to be able to support people. You know, it's just this cycle, isn't it? Of people not getting support in time and then it getting bad. And then we don't have enough support for the people. It's like, it would just be better if we could be more open and honest with ourselves and with other people to be able to admit just when we're not, you know, doing too good and being able to put some things in place that might help us. Because we don't want anyone to ever get to the point of, of crisis. It's really not not fun it is not and I mean we do that for our physical
0: bodies are we not like we're going in for annual checkups we're checking our teeth we're checking our body at a certain age we're like every Mm -hmm. half a year we check if everything is okay with our body in order to catch something early and be able to fight it but Mm -hmm. we just don't do that in mental health and I've heard a few times now from people they didn't get therapy because the doctor said it wasn't bad enough yeah and that's just not okay
1: yeah no it's so true because even when with your physical health as soon as something's not quite normal you know you're a little bit like oh that I didn't used to have that that's new you know you go to the doctor you check it out we just really don't have that mentality when it comes to our minds and also I think we just don't know ourselves as much as we maybe all should as a society you know um i think if people if we were able to be more self-reflective and have more time for ourselves and i think a bunch of other things if we were to know ourselves better we'd know certain things that maybe did make us more anxious and we'd know ourselves enough to know the things that help us in those times or the people or you know it's kind of giving people the space to know yourself like you know your physical body of you know got a new rash you notice that because you know your body um I think it's also a journey of knowing your mind and knowing yourself as well isn't it
0: and that is also a journey that can be really helpful to have a therapist along Mm -hmm. the way because it's not an easy journey yeah um to to get to know yourself and I think we've talked about that before it's just like very brave to like kind of reflect on your past and your present and thinking about all the things that you do and that you can maybe change about yourself like what what is this thing that I always do like I mean I always thought I was just a worrier mm. like I always said oh like I'm I'm a person who worries a lot that's just me you know that was me for so long and I even used to make jokes with my friends about that and now I realize this you know it's actually I mean I am a person who thinks about a lot of things but I shouldn't be a person who worries about everything. That is actually my anxiety. Mm -hmm. And actually when I'm doing well and when my anxiety is not as present, then I don't worry that much. And I'm way more capable of enjoying myself. Um, So yeah, thinking about the things that you are and like getting rid of some of them is actually um, a very hard thing to do. And I think, and we don't have someone like we can't just go to therapy for that. You mm-hmm. can't just be like, "Hey, I want therapy to grow." Yeah, you know, just to
1: know myself more. <laughs> Need a little buddy along the way, and
0: and it takes time as well that we also don't have. And I think that's why it's hard for a lot of people to to do that work. And I understand why it is, but I do think it's beneficial.
1: Mm. Because I mean, also when we think about anxiety in terms of human beings, the reason we have anxiety is because, you know, we had to survive out in the wild and there was lots of threats all the time, wasn't there? So our brains have literally adapted to be hyper aware to threats or to things that might threaten us. Um, And now we live in, you know, 21st century where we don't need to worry about surviving in terms of food and water and, you know, that is still quite a privileged thing to say. I know there's still people in our country and outside of our country, but for the most part, you know, we're not having to worry about surviving every single day, but our brain doesn't necessarily know that, does it? So it it has little triggers that come up that make us anxious um, because it's literally, our brain's just our friend helping protect us, isn't it? Um, and I guess it's about knowing yourself and knowing Because often the things that we are anxious about come from our past experience in our life as well, isn't it? You know, like maybe the people that we were brought up with or parents, siblings, friends, just an experience that might have happened to us. Like maybe at that time, our brain developed in a way to protect us. You know, those anxious thoughts are there to protect us, to make sure that nothing bad happens. But it is about getting to that point where now we're able to look back and be like, wait, are these thoughts actually helping me right now. Like maybe they helped me as a kid to survive whatever situation I was in and protect myself, but maybe they're holding me back now. They're not actually helping me, they're hindering me. Um but that takes a lot of work to, you know, confront that in yourself, to look back at your past to, you know, realize all those things is a lot, isn't it?
0: It is a lot and um but I think you're right. It's kind of like this fight or flight mode that your anxiety puts you in. It's just like either I'm going to freeze or I'm going to run away or I'm going to fight back kind of thing. And um, But really you don't need to do that in a lot of circumstances. It would be much better to kind of like let go of the thoughts even when they come up. I think also think that like dealing with your anxiety doesn't mean that those thoughts will never come up again because they will. Mm -hmm. and they will still be there but it's like how you say it's about handling them and being like okay I have this anxiety thought now what do I do with it is there something am I in danger or can I just let it go and deal with the situation um but it's very hard to get there um I think nonetheless um it is important and therapy can help for sure and we already said we're big supporters of mm-hmm. therapy. Um, but maybe if you if you can't have that or if you can't access it or if it's like the NHS where it's like literally six weeks and then you're on your own again, um, what are the things that help you now after therapy or even before therapy? Like what, what are some things that, that help you when those thoughts come back?
1: Mm. Yeah, that's a really good question because I think for both of us, we had really anxious phases of our lives. I mean, I looking back on my life, probably underlying anxiety for quite a long time. But then, you know, phases, as you said, with external factors where it, it's maybe worse, and then it kind of goes down a bit and comes up. And but then had therapy for eight weeks, thanks NHS. Um, but then, you you know, you are just kind of there to. They've given you a few techniques. Um, and you're kind of just back to real life again, you know, where you're having to deal with it on your own. So I have found it really helpful to put some things in place in my life that I feel help me. Um, A lot of them sound really cliche, don't they? Like, isn't it really frustrating sometimes to like hear people say like, yeah, just exercise and like eat well and just like, Mm -hmm. I hate it. You know, when I was feeling bad, I would hate it when people just said, oh, just go on a walk. No, that's, um, yeah, it's overwhelming
0: when you are in that state because you're like, well, if I could go on a walk,
1: Mm -hmm. then I wouldn't be that anxious, would I? Like like a walk's going to solve all my problems (laughs) that are hanging over my head, you know, it's like, it feels like it simplifies the issue. Um, But there is so much basis to a lot of the things that we say help like the reason so many people say these things help them is because they kind of do like, this is maybe a really silly example, but I remember being a kid and people like being like, oh, can you touch your toes? Can you touch your toes? And like, i never, I was never able to touch my toes. I have very um, <laughs> tight calf muscles, side note. Um, but then someone was like, oh yeah, apparently if you breathe in really deep and then breathe out, you can like go lower the next time. And I was like, that's ridiculous. How on earth would breathing mean that you could touch your toes more? You know, like that for me was just like, it did not equate in my head. And now I'm like, yeah, of course, breathing, you know, you're able to um, affect so much on your body just by the way that you breathe. And just something that seems so simple because you do it every single day, actually realizing the power that it has. It has been life changing in a way. That's something that sounds so cliche of like, oh, take a breath. You know, I have found breathing techniques really, really useful um, in terms of, I know your body is, and your brain is just doing its best. It's in this fight or flight, like say something happens that triggers you and you feel really anxious. Um, you know, your heart's racing, you get all those physical s- symptoms of anxiety. Um, but your brain doesn't really, it's trying to process what's happening as best as it can. And actually you can almost trick your brain into saying I am okay. You know, if you are being attacked by a lion right now, you would not be able to take some really big, deep breaths. So if you are able to take some really big, deep breaths, your brain will be like, oh wait, we're not actually being attacked because we're breathing, we're alive, we're You know we are fine and it is a way of grounding yourself in the present isn't it to be like look right now i can breathe really deeply and physically that does mean i'm okay and you can kind of slow your your brain down a little bit
0: definitely and i think also going for a walk helps a lot even if it's just stepping outside your Mm -hmm. door because you are taking back that control which you're also doing i think when you're regulating your breathing you're taking that control that I can change mm-hmm. the scenery. I can step outside, I can be in a different place. So I am not in life danger. I do still have to control about my movements and what I can do. So I think if if you're able to move, because I know some people aren't when they have panic attacks, anxiety attacks. So I think breathing would be the first thing. But then just changing the room even. Mm-hmm always helps me a lot because it's just like, okay, I'm in control. I can do this so I can be in control of my thoughts as well.
1: Mm. It's like when you feel stuck, you're stuck in your head, just the physical act of showing yourself that you're not stuck in that room, you know, it does start to open up, you know, oh, I wasn't stuck in that moment in my bed with these thoughts going round and round. I was able to break those thoughts enough to be able to get out of bed, to be able to go outside. And it it is just a change for you and your brain to be like, yeah, I can control that.
0: Yes. And I think a lot of that is recognizing the connection of your mind and your body as well, mm-hmm. because obviously anxiety is something that happens in your mind, but then it also has effects on your body in different ways, being frozen, hyperventilating, your heart rate, being like really high whatever it is it does affect your body so in order to change your mind you can do something with your body if that's easier first Mm -hmm. so I think like recognizing disconnection and how powerful it actually is um helps a lot as well to be like okay is it not just my mind it's not just my body it's a whole thing thing. I'm a
1: whole thing Mm. and then I guess if we're talking about not in that peak anxiety, taking breath, going for a walk, but in the more everyday putting things in place that have helped, I think, both of us. Yoga kind of ties that together, doesn't it? Because it is literally the bringing together of your your mind and your body and your breath. You're moving in the patterns of your breath. And uh, I think doing that regularly has made such big changes in my life and like the way that I think or the way that I am that I don't think I can pinpoint all those ways but I feel such a benefit from I try to every single day obviously doesn't happen every single day because it's life Um, but you know when you're on that mat and it's like that's something you know you can get go back to every day like if i'm feeling anxious i know i can step onto that mat and have 20 minutes 10 minutes five minutes two minutes an hour to myself where that's all it is it's just me on the mat breathing and moving and being with my body and being with my mind and controlling what my body's doing controlling what my mind's doing um It's been a really powerful tool that I have then been able to, I feel like I've learned so many lessons on the mat that I have then been able to take into the day as well.
0: Definitely. I think the biggest one for me was just being kind to myself. Mm -hmm. Just like, even if you don't feel like doing yoga, you can just sit there for two minutes and breathe. That's also yoga, you Mm -hmm. know, just being being kind to yourself and not pushing yourself to a limit but like doing the movements that feel good to you and I think that's been the biggest lesson for me but yes, so many others that are really hard to now I mean mm. otherwise this would be three hours probably <laughs> yeah. um but yeah yoga every day and then kind of just like other rituals that are an mm-hmm. everyday thing just kind of finding a routine if you can if that helps you off I don't know trying to go on a walk every day or cooking dinner even like it's so grounding to just chop chop onions yeah yes stir the pot stir the pot
1: and think about the day and the next day, and and then eat something really tasty that you've made that sense of accomplishment of like yeah I did this and this is nice and it's fulfilling isn't it and it feels like I'm being kind to myself Mm. as well because I'm like here I made you a warming meal. yeah. And Um, you can be really like in tune with yourself, can't you? Like if you're there being like, okay, what do I need today? You know, sometimes I'm like, I just want something really fresh and zesty. Other times I'm like, I just want cheese and cheese and, you know, melted cheese, (laughs) something cozy and some more cheese. And, you know, (laughs) but like even just those little ways of like you checking in with yourself of being like, okay, how am I feeling today? What do I kind of, what do I need? You know, maybe, I mean, I know certain points in my cycle. I crave Things more than I crave other things. And it does just kind of help you tune into your body a bit Um, or your mind. You know, sometimes you just need some comfort food. Sometimes you're like, oh, I want to have something healthy and fresh. Um, Oh, like sometimes I literally do just really crave fish because I feel like my brain's a bit tired and I know that I always get this boost of energy every time I have some fish. It's just checking in with yourself, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Listening to the signs that your body and your mind mm. send you, because I also think we don't do that enough at all because it's so fast paced everything and you don't really have time to sit down and be like, hmm, mm. what do I need right now?
1: And to understand what your body's saying. Like yeah. it's taken me a long time. Like, you know, I as a teenager, I'd open the fridge and be like, what do I want? I feel like I need something really specific, but like, Can't pinpoint it like it does take practice to kind of like know yourself and know what your body is asking of you definitely
0: but yeah that helps
1: for sure and then
0: I think we're both big fans of journaling which sounds a bit cliche again it's one of
1: those things isn't it just like (laughs) dear diary today I felt really sad like um it sounds really cliche but it's kind of one of those in-between steps of maybe you're not really Maybe you're recognising a few things in yourself where you're like, I don't feel good. I notice these patterns coming up, but maybe you're not able to say it to other people. You know, maybe you're not ready yet to say it out loud or, you know, you don't have access to a therapist or, you know, you are just in your bedroom and you've got these thought loops going on and on and on. Something that I have found helps when I'm stuck in a thought loop is writing that thought down because as soon as you write it down, you get it out of your head and then you're able to move on to the next thought Whereas when it's still in your head, you're just going round and round and round. When it's on a piece of paper, I often find that I write down the thought and then it's that second thing that I say that actually is, you know, the, the better thought in a way. Because I'll write down the thing I'm anxious about and then the next thing I write down is a more... Unbiased account of what's happening of being like, oh, actually, you are doing, you've done all the things, or oh, that's not as bad as it seems when it's just going round and round in your head. You're able to just take a step back from it a little bit because it's on the piece of paper, not circling around your mind.
0: Yeah, I think it definitely helps. And I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be words, it could be just some doodles or scribbles as well. Just like putting things in a physical state always makes them less big and less terrifying I think because you see it's just oh it's just a thought mm-hmm. and literally it can't harm me
1: your thoughts seem so big and scary and real don't they um but sometimes you it is that reminder that your thoughts aren't facts you can think something but it really doesn't make it true Um, that that was a big sort of realization I had at some point where you know just because I think this thing doesn't mean that that's true it probably means that it's not true because I'm bringing in my anxiety onto the thought I'm bringing in my past experiences onto the thought and I'm not able to see that thing as it is because I'm so clouded by all my preconceived sort of thoughts on this
0: yeah and that was one of the words on the card wasn't it power or not words like phrases Mm -hmm. power of mind Mm -hmm. and how how much power our mind has but how much power we give our mind as well I think are two different things because yeah I used to think the exact same thing I used to think oh if I think something bad happened then probably it's going to happen so I should stop thinking about it but now I can't stop thinking about (laughs) it because now I think it's happening because I'm thinking... And, and then it's going to happen because you've thought about it. And, and you know where that goes. Uh-huh. Um, but actually that our mind does have power, but not in a way that we actually like change an outcome of things. Like, oh, if I just want this to go well, or if I'm too anxious and I think this will go bad, this is how it's going to go. I don't think that's the what power of mind means. I do think it means though that you can think about things and you can reframe things in your head and you can change your outlook Mm. on things and therefore it will change how you interact with the world and therefore it will change some outcomes as well but that's just like a chain of interactions your thoughts don't actually have that power but you can have the power over your thoughts in a way that you can be a bit kinder to yourself and not Um, think that your anxiety is gonna make something bad happen
1: it yeah because your thoughts you aren't as powerful as you kind of give yourself credit for when you have anxiety when you have anxiety it almost makes you the center of everything that's happening because you're so kind of in your own head so concerned about what's happening and you're doing it or it's because of you or other people are thinking that because of you or you know like you very much give yourself a lot of power and it is quite freeing and being like oh actually my thoughts won't cause something bad to happen or you know um my thoughts me thinking about myself isn't no one else is thinking about me you know I think we do give our thoughts too much credit but then in the same sense of what you're saying having positive thoughts can affect how we respond to situations. You know, they don't affect the outcomes, but they do in the sense of maybe thinking positively will mean you're more open in a situation, which might mean that more opportunities come because of the way that you interact in that situation. So it's quite a complicated concept, isn't it? Of how powerful but not powerful your thoughts are <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, it's, um, and I don't think we have to answer to it you know we're yeah, still figuring we're still it out figuring it. this is something we've very recently been kind of like throwing back and forth isn't it of the power of our thoughts of we're yeah. not able to change the future but also we are able to control how we interact with the things that are coming in the future
0: exactly and just that um power that you hold within yourself of how you because the first thought, and we did talk about that in the last episode as well. The first thing that comes up isn't what you can control, because that might just be something like a learned behavior or a thought that just comes again and again. And like your anxiety will come back at some point, you can't control that, but you can then control the second thing, as you say, when you write down your first thought and your second thought, the second thing that comes to your mind, or how you react to that thought, that's what you can. Mm -hmm. Um, that's what you can control and that's where the power comes in because you can just say to yourself okay I'm anxious now and that's fine and I'll get over it because I've been through it and it will be fine and I don't have to feel bad for being anxious because then it will just go on and on
1: Mm. giving yourself permission to feel your feelings isn't it you feel all the feelings the good ones and the bad ones um cuz when you try and fight feeling something i think that's when you either block it out repress it it comes out in another way it comes you try and distract yourself you try and maybe have bad habits that you know you're just hoping it's going to distract you from not thinking about this one this thing that you can't stop thinking about so you put other things in place whereas actually i think the aim is to just feel those feelings i feel really anxious right now I heard this thing was like you feel feelings actually only last how long was it? Do you remember? It's like feelings actually only last like twenty seconds or something, and okay. then after that, please do not quote me on that. I feel like <laughs> I've heard that somewhere, but like I, I like the concept of it. Like a feeling lasts twenty seconds, but it it doesn't have to last any longer. After that, you feel it. After that, you can kind of control how you feel about the feeling, because if you that's the thing we're talking about, isn't it? How you feel about the feeling. Feel that feeling, but then acknowledge that you felt the feeling and what do you need to do to help yourself get through that feeling? Um, and it's just not about getting stuck, feeling that feeling for longer than you need to.
0: Yeah, or feeling shame or anger mm-hmm. for feeling what you're feeling because, I mean, we, we all have feelings, like can't deny that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all there and they're good for something. Um, every feeling that you feel, I believe, is there to tell us something mm-hmm. and then exactly you acknowledge it you let it pass and then you'd be like okay what what do I need right now mm-hmm. what did that feeling tell me
1: mm-hmm. yeah what helped me in the past that to not feel this or yeah. what can I do that I know makes me feel better or you know you feel really good things as well that's kind of the thing is you don't want to stop yourself feeling anything which I think is kind of a tendency people have sometimes as to not feel anything so that they don't feel all the bad things but then it kind of stops you from feeling all the good things as well but I feel like we're here to experience well at least I want to experience all aspects of life you know all the good stuff and the bad stuff because that's how you know you've lived I feel like that's why we're here if it's not to feel everything and experience as much as we can you know then I don't know I think it would just be sad to To miss out on all the good feelings because we're so stuck feeling the bad feelings or trying to avoid them. But it's about having both. Exactly. And the bad feelings are always there for
0: something as well. They will teach us something. They will show us that we need to change something about our life. They will, or they will just say that before that it was really good. You know, like Mm -hmm. when you have to say goodbye to a friend, you won't see them for a while. It's sad, but it's only sad because... You love them so much mm-hmm. and you enjoyed your time with them so much. So, yeah, I think it was something that we said a long time ago when we first started thinking about that podcast that we wouldn't be wearing a shirt that says good vibes only because mm-hmm. we, want, we want a shirt that says all vibes. All vibes. Yeah, everything. Everything is welcome. Every feeling is there for a reason. And it's, yeah, will take us to
1: our next path and will help us through our journey. Yeah, I feel like you do learn more about yourself from the more negative things that you feel, don't you? Um, And ultimately, I think that's, I don't think there's a reason that bad things happen and life is really hard sometimes and things are out of our control and, you know, stuff is just not great a lot of the time, but we can
0: control our thoughts exactly and we can control how we deal with bad stuff that happens because we can either repress it or we can learn from it and grow from it even though that's probably the harder thing to do Mm -hmm. but we can do that if we want to
1: Mm. I guess it's about believing in yourself I think we've said to each other before that overcoming anxiety a little bit feels like just having a bit more confidence in yourself that you are able to handle the situation you've handled all the other situations you know like it's about like really believing in yourself and not I know my anxiety was very much just doubting myself doubting that I'd be able to get through it doubting that like I was strong enough or that I could handle it and a big part for me has been able to be like I've got through everything I've got through up till now and I really, believe that I can handle whatever comes and that's helped me with my anxiety you know just really trusting in myself
0: yeah for me it was similar i think it was more that feeling of you are good enough mm-hmm. like that i think i don't know just um throwing things out here but i do think my anxiety stems from tri- like thinking that i wasn't a good enough daughter or good enough friend because i was far away or whatever and I wasn't there or I wasn't, I couldn't, I couldn't make everyone happy. So my anxiety was that and I would make everyone sad because I would make bad things happen with my mind. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be a powerful witch. Huh? Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that's just being like, no, you're good enough. You're doing all that you can do and you can't do anymore. And that's okay.
1: Yeah. I think there's really interesting therapeutic I'm not, I don't know about it, but I'm pretty sure there's this therapy thing about the needs that we have. And one of them, I think, is be good, and another is be perfect. Um, and I think that's, uh, there is lots more that I don't know. Um, everyone listen to Best Friend Therapy because that's a really good podcast with an actual professional therapist <laughs> talking about these things. We're kind of yeah. just talking about our experience. and She knows much more. She than knows that's. much more. And there's obviously lots of actual information out there. But I think it's interesting that. My anxiety, I think, came from like a be perfect. I've got to be perfect. If I'm not perfect, then you know, people won't like me, this bad thing. It was just this constant pressure to be perfect. And obviously no one's perfect, but if you're trying to be perfect, then you're not being yourself, you know, and that's where my anxiety came from. Whereas, and I think the anxiety has that same, it's the same pattern, but we're all coming from different experiences that make that make us anxious about different things because of our past experiences but we all experience that same rumination uncontrollable thoughts it comes out in in pretty similar ways but from different seeds almost isn't it definitely and I think
0: talking about best friend therapy and also what we're doing right now I think one last thing that helps me is talking with others when I can Mm -hmm. like sharing my experiences um and realizing that while as my thoughts are not what everyone's thinking because I would be like oh that's just normal you know Mm -hmm. but then it would be normal yeah (laughs) there are a lot of other people that have anxiety and I'm not alone in that experience and therefore also just listening to others talking about it like listening to best friend therapy has been really really helpful and um just to be like oh yeah like of course other people go through those things as well and I'm not alone and I'm not weird and Mm -hmm. then actually feeling more able to maybe share it with someone else. So I think, yeah, we, we try to just talk about our own experiences and talk about it, how much ever much we can. So that maybe it helps someone to, to not feel as alone in their anxiety.
1: I think that's so powerful. It's such a, a simple thing to be, you know, but difficult to just say it out loud because I think it's cathartic for you to be able to say it out loud you know taking these thoughts that feel quite private and like bad thoughts and to say them out loud and to not be judged or to have people say you know say that they feel like that as well is powerful for you to say and then it's so powerful for other people to hear because it does that to them doesn't it where they don't feel as alone um so yeah, just that simple sort of act about, of talking about it, I think can be really powerful. And I think it can really benefit the relationships you have around you. You know, friendships, families, relationships will only be made more powerful and more strong by being honest and sharing those sort of vulnerabilities. They really, it doesn't help to kind of hide it and pretend. And it always comes out in other ways that you can't control, whereas you can kind of control how you say that to someone definitely and yeah
0: I think um, there was a bit of a different episode because I think we didn't look at the almanac or we didn't tell a story this time but I think it was very important for both of us to to Mm. talk about anxiety and yeah I I think I want to say thank you as well that we are able to share these thoughts with each other Mm -hmm. and with our (laughs) listeners as well but mostly just that you give me a space to talk about this.
1: Yeah, it makes a difference, doesn't it? To go through stuff with other people. Um, Really powerful. Um, And that's kind of what we want with this podcast as well, is just to create spaces for people to be themselves and be able to say the things that they think and feel without any sort of form of judgment or fear. And it's just, we want to be really accepting and inclusive to all vibes, all people, all feelings um all beliefs all you know just everything we just love people and love people being able to be themselves whoever they are and I think that's the journey that we're
0: on like if you want to put it in a nutshell isn't it just learning to be ourselves a
1: bit Mm. more every day Mm. yeah that's nice and I'm so excited by that journey like I I love learning more about myself I think it's kind of one of those things that when you start it it's it's really addictive almost, isn't it? It's like, I want to know, why do I feel like that? What caused that? Like, why did I react like that? What You know, I, don't, I find it just so interesting to be on this journey to learn more about myself. And it never ends as well. It like ends.
0: We're always changing. So we'll yeah. always learn more. And mm-hmm. um, no, I think it's really exciting as well.
1: Some might say it's the purpose of your life, but huh. I don't know. It might not go... <laughs> Maybe that's a bit far
0: <laughs> for episode. It's a bit far, yeah. but
1: maybe it is. I yeah. mean why not? It's the best we can do
0: for now, isn't it? Maybe it's time to draw a new card. That's exciting. Also exciting. The purpose of this podcast, if you want to say. It's true. <laughs>
1: um Yeah, but the tarot that we pull will give us a framework of what we talk about next week. I spread them out and then you pick one? Yes, okay. The Hierophant. I've never seen this card before. I don't even know what that means. I don't know what that means. The Hierophant. So, should we start by describing it? Yeah, describe it for us. Okay, so there's this man who's really large in the frame. It looks like he's maybe sitting on a throne like um and it has a pillar almost coming out of it um and he's got a really cool hat on to be fair i don't think that's the point um he looks like a religious symbol um and then he's got two smaller men in robes and they kind of look like monks and they're looking up they're on their knees almost begging looking up at him as he looks down on them and he's holding this big scary looking well intimidating looking staff with spikes on it's one of the major arcana cards so one of the picture cards oh, so a second major yeah already mm. so the pope mm-hmm. tradition convention ritual symbolism ceremony religion religious practices morality Social approval, instruction, philosophy, universal law, mercy, goodness, forgiveness, humility, vulnerability, impotence, and religious tyranny. Wow, it's so, a lot to There's unpack lot there, there next week. <laughs> um, wow, any of those stood out to you as themes?
0: I, I don't know if I can repeat them, but I was thinking about like tradition and vulnerability mm-hmm. of like what we talked about that for men it's still harder to ask for help because there's this like
1: stigma stigma yeah. with
0: it. But then it has like it, it's a lot of um, opposites, like yeah. opposite themes. It's like it has both, both sides. It, yeah. yeah. Which mm. I like.
1: Yeah. Like the social approval. Um, philosophy, yeah, it has some good and Im- I think maybe talking about religion, we've talked a, a bit about um, other spiritual practices and more occult. Yeah, I guess we've talked about more like pagan beliefs and s- a bit, but maybe I do think that there's a lot of overlaps with traditional religion as well. Um, so maybe there could be something interesting to, you know, touch yeah. on um themes and different religions and spiritual practices yeah because i think we we want to give space to to all the different all beliefs, religions yeah. and
0: all the different beliefs and we be- we believe <laughs> that none of them is wrong necessarily mm-hmm. none of them is right necessarily either i think but we think they all have origins that are interesting to talk about and they all important for the people that that believe in the different religions yeah they all have an importance. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think that would be good to talk about and right. maybe therefore traditions as well that are maybe still necessary yeah, or maybe need changing. Mm,
1: I think so. Interesting. I was at, um, we were doing art in the park today and the man who was running it said we were all under this own tree and he was talking about no mistakes and, you know, just not, not being scared to experiment and we were in nature and he said, we're all at our own church here. (laughs) Um, and that, that stuck with me. I thought that was, that was nice. Like we can all come with our own different kind of interpretations and specific personal beliefs. Um, but we can all, we can still do that together. Um, and I felt like that was what we want this podcast to be is everyone has their different interpretations and, um, because of our own experiences and the way our brain works and what we've lived through and who we are, but that we can kind of practice and figure them out together.
0: Yeah, that would be a nice space to create for mm. for anyone to come together with different interpretations and beliefs, but practice healing and connection together. Mm. Based on love. Based on love. Mm. And all the vibes. <laughs> all the vibes. What's the word you got for me today? It's star stuck. Star stuck. Yeah.
1: Love it already.
0: And it's an adjective. And um, it says, exhausted by endless reviews and secondhand impressions, itching to stumble blindly into the world and make some mistakes, to wander around opening doors to restaurants and performances and movies you've never heard of without the slightest idea of what to expect.
1: <sighs> Love it
0: yeah wow yeah. I thought that that fits just let's all be a bit more star stuck and just just wonder or not be star stuck I guess if yeah. I interpret it right and just yeah follow that edge to just wander and experience the things and yeah just just do whatever you feel like doing in the moment and let yourself just be led by your stars mm.
1: Yeah, internal and external stars. Yes. Mm. No, that's nice. And I think there's a lot more we could talk about anxiety for. Um, and we probably will. And we probably will because I think it will be a theme that has been in our lives for a long time. So then we can leave all the um stuff that we mentioned about best friend therapy and yeah, make we'll sure. reference everything and put it in the notes so you guys can come along, listen to that as well. Yeah.
0: And if you have any suggestions for us, Mm. we're we're always open. We're always looking for new impressions. Yeah. We'll have some interesting research to do. Yeah. Um, And we'll maybe do some wandering as well. Yeah. Just experiencing now that it's starting to become autumn. I'm
1: quite excited about that season. I like autumn. I'm in denial that summer's ending, but I'm really trying. Yeah. Maybe we can talk about some to me rituals yeah let's get cozy well thank you steph for talking with us about your anxiety yeah thanks Yella. it's been really nice and i hope everyone listening found something in it um and we look forward to learning more together next time bye bye